This is Gus for 103.3 The Eagle talking with the hilarious Jim Brewer, who you know from Saturday Night Live, Half Baked, and his top-selling comedy albums. You can see him here in town this Saturday at the Brady Theater. Jim, how's it going, brother? It's going so good. Can't wait to see you guys. Nice, nice. Now, I got a couple of questions before we get into your special, but I know you just toured with Metallica, who doesn't strike me as a band that would necessarily be touring with a comedian. How'd that pairing happen? Well, I've known the band a long time. They wanted to try something a little different. They reached out to me about a year ago. James Hetfield reached out and he said, um, would you be interested in going on tour with us? But it wouldn't be doing just stand-up comedy. We're, we're thinking about doing a more crowd interactive thing and maybe we can brainstorm about it. And I said, yeah, uh, let's figure that out. <laughs> and so, and they literally just gave me free range to do anything. Lars said, listen, bands, every time we have a band, no one comes to see them. It's a bummer. He goes, so we need something to, he goes, you, we've seen you a million times. You know how to interact. You read a crowd. You've been doing it for 30 years. Do whatever you want. Tell stories, do comedy, bring a cameraman, bring a DJ, whatever it is. And, and that's what I did. I, awesome. I, I, thought of if I'm a Metallica fan, which I am, I'm a diehard Metallica fan, been seeing them since they opened up for Ozzy Osbourne in 86. And I've seen every tour since. And what would I want walking in that arena rather than listen to some band that I, I, I can't talk to the guy next to me and I'm waiting for their one radio song to play. <laughs> and, and that's what we did. And it, I got to say it was extremely successful. Yeah, man, that is badass. That's really cool, and that's awesome that they reached out to you for it. That uh, that shows you how much they like what you do. Let me ask yeah, you this. I can't even tell you how flattering that is. Oh, I mean, to have the yeah. mo- the biggest rock metal band in the world come to you, it's nuts up. Dude, that is badass, especially knowing what a big fan you are, too. That's I mean, that's got to be such a trip for you, man. Well, not only that, I got to... I got to meet these people that would go to every show and they're from around the whole world. So now I'm in touch with the, what I call the Swedes, the people from Sweden, the Norwegians that call them the Vikings, my friend, Korean James from Korea and, (laughs) and, and people from Nicaragua and South America. It's, and we became a family traveling together. It really was the greatest gig I've ever done in my entire lifetime. I'm not even exaggerating on so many levels. That is pretty awesome right there, man. Now I know you're also a friend, uh, you're, you're friends with ACDC, but specifically with Brian Johnson. Cause when he was replaced with Axe by Axl Rose a couple of years ago, I know you were getting his story out. Um, was that something he wanted you to do or were you doing that just cause you no. were just protecting your friend? No, no. And I, I regret doing that terribly. I really, really do. I, I, I definitely tainted, our our friendship because I put him in a position and there's times where as a friend, you really have to control your emotions. And at the time I was really angry the way, uh, the way it went down, Brian, the way it went down, it really bothered me. And, and I, I didn't have, I didn't have any right to put out personal details that, um, he didn't, you know, he, that's up for him to do, not for me. And so I, I regret that terribly until this day. But I will say, I feel so much better now that he's back. 
Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Is how, how long ago did you know about this upcoming ACDC album and the tour that's rumored to be happening later this year? Uh, pretty much as much as you guys know, is meaning that- the media and everyone else. I, I learned through you, to be honest with you. That was the first time I heard about it. Is that is that true, or are you just figuring I've already I've yeah, already no, shot being, my mouth off once? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I listen. We 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 keep in touch, uh, family wise, but um, that moment in time definitely tarnished things with with uh, deeper conversations and stuff. And that was uh, so I didn't know anything about this. Everything I learned was um, what you guys would learn and how you learned it. I hear you. And, and I've been there, but, you know, your heart's in the right place, but your mouth may not be in the same spot. I, I know that well. Yeah it's, not a, yeah, it's not a good place. I mean, you feel like you're doing the right thing. And, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, the reason why I was venting and saying the things I said was in defense of a great human being. Right. And I, I, I really, I, you know, there's a small part of me that goes, hey, you know what? Maybe that all had to happen, and maybe I was the voice of a lot of fans that felt that way, and maybe in small way, uh, that's what leads to what's going on today. Who knows? That's the story I'm telling, my man. That's definitely the story I'm telling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I could definitely sleep better at night, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Now, I know you also put out a musical album, Songs from the Garage, is Jim Bruin, The Loud and Rowdy. If you had a choice, you can be successful as a rock star, successful as a comedian, but it had to be one. Which one of those do you go with? You know what? I was going to say rock star. However, the way my stand-up has been going the last few years, like the, the direction I've been going, the, the lives that not are just laughing but are being touched because that's what my mission is. It's more a healing stand-up comedy, if that makes sense, yeah. where I, I go after issues that are pretty painful for everyone, that I, I'm, I'd say stand-up. That's, that is pretty awesome. Now, how has your, you know, that, that brings me to this. How has your comedy changed, do you think, since you've had kids? Oh, my God, night and day, because the awareness and the responsibility of, I think, about who's listening and why they're listening and how it affects them. And I have to... I have to set an example, not just for myself, but for my family and my kids. I want my kids to be able to look at me and watch my clips on the Internet. Not so much that it's not profanity or anything. That, that doesn't bother me. It's more of what am I talking about and am I proud of what I'm doing rather than just trying to be a doofy, funny uh, person. Nothing wrong with that. But I want something a little deeper and meaningful. So I do my best to walk the walk, and they shape that for me. That's pretty awesome right there. Now, obviously, a lot of people first met you when you were on Saturday Night Live as a regular cast member from 95 to 98. And depending on what you read, SNL is either like being a part of a family or it's part of some backstabbing competitive environment. Which one of those two is closer to the truth? Uh... When I was there, it definitely was uh, a cool family to be part of. We, we we had a great cast. But at the same time, it is a dog-eat-dog. And uh, it's it, it it's the part of life that uh, I, I grew up in a different type of atmosphere. I, I grew up in very blue-collar, morals, do the right thing. 
one for all, all for all, uh, all for one, and you look after each other. And that environment, all of entertainment, uh, and a lot of big business is not that way. It's basically make as much as you can and be the biggest you can be and screw the rest of the world. And it's not something I like to live by, to be quite honest with you. So although it was the, a phenomenal experience, it taught me where I want to start heading in life in general. Rather, I, And I went from no more chasing the stars. We're now going back to my roots, which is family and morals. That's awesome. It's, it's hard to ever complain about that direction. But before I move on from that, uh, do you have any specific memory from SNL that you, you know, that you hold dear, whether it's a, you know, a specific skit? Oh my or... God, there's a million. Oh, yeah. uh, there's a million. The first time, the first time I crushed, um, doing Joe Pesci's show, but to be dead <laughs> honest with you, before I even did that, the greatest feeling in the world was making Lorne Michaels laugh out loud at the table read. And I have to say that those moments, which I did a few times, he very rarely would bust out laughing with anyone. I can honestly say I made that man crack up hard (laughs) at a, at a table read. And though that stands out more than any sketch I ever did to see a man that has seen the greatest entertainers of our time, uh, it, it was like watching my dad laugh. It was a mo- those are moments I'll never forget. That is absolutely awesome. Well, Jim, I appreciate it, man. You were certainly worth the wait. It was awesome talking to you, brother, and I can't wait for you to come into town. We have been talking to the hilarious Jim Brewer, who you can see Saturday at the Brady Theater. Don't forget, you can win a four-pack of tickets to the show by heading over to our Eagle app right now. Jim, it was great talking to you, brother. You too, man. Have a good one.